When our routines are off and relatives are around, as parents, we can stress a lot about the holidays, particularly as it applies to feeding our kids. Because whether you have a selective eater who does have a little bit more picky eating tendencies and may struggle with eating some of this holiday food and just the holiday fare in general being less familiar to them, or you're facing an outspoken family member or friend who is speaking their unsolicited opinion to you or in front of your child at the table, I hear from parents every year how stressful the holidays can be and how difficult it can be to know how to stay consistent in our feeding approach when there's such little consistency around the holidays. That's why in today's episode, we are going to highlight seven of the most common holiday feeding struggles I hear families share and the solution so that you and your child can be as set up for success come all the holiday gatherings and meals to come. Hey mama, I'm Ashley and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. The holiday season can be such a joyful time. And I know as moms, we all relish in those moments and just those keepsake memories that we're trying to create with our kids. But I also know one of the quickest things to steal our joy is the stress that can also come with them. And oftentimes, specifically as we talk about feeding our families and the nutrition around our kids and what they may or may not be eating at the holidays, I see our nerves as parents, but also for our kids getting in the way because we don't know how to handle the potential and that makes us nervous and that makes us anxious. And we can speculate a million scenarios of what may or may not happen at these different holiday events that we're planning on attending or hosting. But one of the most effective things I've seen for parents to do to problem solve is to do what I like to think of as a dress rehearsal. So why do we do this dress rehearsal? It's because we need both parent and child to feel more at ease when the actual event comes. And just as we do, if any of you have kids who are in dance classes, the same concept is true as we think about preparing for holiday meals, because there can be a lot of different people and eyes being projected on our children, but also making judgments or assumptions that we might think that they're thinking about us as parents. There's a different environment that our kids are used to performing in, or in this case, eating in. And sometimes that just boils down to something as simple as they're sitting in a different type of seat than their norm, or they're wearing a different outfit the day of than what they're most comfortable in. So this formality and often unspoken expectation around holiday gatherings can often create a lot of challenges for both parent and child that I think we can prepare ourselves and our kids for so that we're not stealing the joy out of these memories and these moments that we're spending as a family, but instead we feel like we have done the dress rehearsal and we're ready the day of. So before we jump into discussing what these seven holiday struggles often may be and how we can solve them preemptively by doing a dress rehearsal with our kids and or our family as a whole, I want you to just sit in that theater seat with me for a minute. If you're a parent who has had a child who has had a dress rehearsal, let alone a dance recital, 
you know this feeling. You know this feeling where it comes to the recital day and the lights are on and the stage is large and all the parents are sitting there the day of and the kids are all dressed up. And you know leading up to that day, you signed your child up for his or her dance class and we've ordered the costumes and she's dressed in the outfit and we've done this little makeup ordeal on a small six-year-old or something of sorts that can kind of be a process in and of itself but you know you packed their shoes you maybe tucked a snack in there depending on how long the time is going to be you filled their water bottle and you've been taking her to class for months and months and months and you assume that she's been learning the skills she needs to perform on that stage But ultimately, when you're sitting in that theater seat and they're doing what you hope they've been trained to do, there's very little that you can actually do to control what happens when those curtains are pulled back and they come out on stage. Because as adorable as she is and as much as you love her and as hopefully as much as everyone around her wants to encourage her, the reality is she could come out and just stand there like a deer in headlights with those big theater lights on her. And sometimes kids perform and they're darling and they do their little dance, whether it's, you know, what they were quote unquote supposed to do or trained to do or not. And you may capture one of those precious little family keepsake videos where everyone's eyes are on her and her adorable amount of courage and effort to perform in that moment. But I think as parents, we've also been in a situation where it's been our kid who just comes out and stands there and they just freeze under pressure and they feel all the eyes of the world on them. And we just want to step in. We want to encourage them. We want to protect them. We want to be there for them. But ultimately, they are on stage and we are in our theater seat. And there's just not a lot we can do in that moment. So if you can just visualize that moment with me and have that be part of what is preparing your heart and your perspective for these holiday gatherings as we talk through what these seven things you can do to prevent some of these struggled situations are, we can very quickly then think of how the dress rehearsal helps us prepare our child and prepare ourselves so that when the day does come and when they are put out there and you know able to dance, that everyone's as comfortable as possible and everyone's going to be able to quote unquote perform under the amount of pressure that just can come with things like holiday gatherings. You want simple, healthy, kid-approved meal and snack ideas, but you're feeling tired of scrolling social, screenshotting a recipe idea, or pinning ideas only to feel annoyed that your inspiration rarely leads to execution. As moms, I know we want to offer nourishing variety to our kids, but how do we get away from offering the same few foods on repeat when the busyness of our lives demands routine? Friend, I get you and I understand this struggle because as a busy mom of three myself, I have had to spend years finding the strategies the systems to simplify mealtimes. Some of you may remember that before my son was born, I shared a simple idea that I was going to start remaking muffins in anticipation for my postpartum. Muffins were something that I knew our family could enjoy any hour of the day or night. And by pre-selecting healthy recipes to make ahead and freeze, I knew that this was one simple habit stack that I could actually achieve even when very pregnant and with two extra little kids helping in the kitchen. Fast forward four years later, and this is still something that you all ask me about again and again and again. Tens of thousands of you have joined me over the years for Muffin Club as we bake together and spend time lightening our mental load as moms one small sustainable habit at a time. I would love to have you come join me for this year's Muffin Club 
taking off November 11th. All you need to do to sign up is to go to veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash muffin club. It's going to be really simple recipes with ingredients that you already have on hand, including all of my family's favorite seasonal flavors of muffins, things like pumpkin, apple, and cranberry orange. So be sure to get signed up at veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash muffin club. So just as we compare this idea of a dance recital and the intent of the dress rehearsal preparing our child and us as parents really to just kind of walk through the process and the routine for something like that recital, I want us to see how easily and applicably it parallels to holiday mealtimes. Because when we think about how anxiety can reduce appetite in our kids, We need to know that whether we have a picky eater or not, it is really common for kids to struggle with eating at big holiday events. There's a lot of distractions around them. There's a lot of demands, spoken and unspoken, being put on them. And doing something like a dress rehearsal can really help. So how do we do this dress rehearsal? First and foremost, it sounds a little silly, but I want you to think about getting dressed, either literally or figuratively. But One of the things that I think can help us to most quickly adjust our expectations is recognizing, are our kids going to be comfortable? If we are dressing them up for family photos at grandma's on Christmas, we might be putting them in something that makes them very uncomfortable. And we all have probably been in this as parents when we put out an outfit for our kids that they refuse to wear. And there's already a power struggle and a battle well before the the holiday meal is even there. So I want you to think about is the outfit that you're going to be dressing them in that day one that they've ever even worn? And if not, have them try it on. Make sure they're not complaining of the tags or the feel. You know, one of my deeply sensory kids is very, very, very particular to the way clothes feel. And I know buying new clothes, particularly for things like the holidays, can be really challenging because I can think it is as cute as can be and maybe style-wise something that she would like. But I know the moment she looks at it, she's going to have her skin crawl before she's even put it on, if it's something that's going to make her uncomfortable. And the reason this can be really important is because in the hustle and bustle of the holiday and the day of these big events, as moms, we are coordinating so many different things. We may be getting the house ready for company over. We may be trying to pack up the whole family to go to something. And there's so much going on that we can often overlook this and we can often hustle our kids through this. But from a feeding perspective, we know that the sensory side of the way our body feels towards foods, let alone to our sensory input in so many different forms, including the clothes that are on our bodies, can be a huge part of how our child approaches the table. And so with the environment and their sensory input being such a huge part of how kids approach feeding, we want to take a minute to think about this in advance of the day of. And in advance, so we know that our child is going to be physically comfortable, sensorily regulated, so that before they've even walked into the house of whomever is hosting, whether it be our own home, which obviously adds an added layer of comfortability to the environment or someone else's home, that we know they're comfortable. So first and foremost, check how your child is dressed. Number two, be aware of the timing. When is this holiday meal or holiday event going to happen? Because as adults, we know that these can be all day things, whether we're hosting or going to someone else's house, and that can change. Maybe it is a set we're eating our holiday meal at 2 p.m. Well, it also might be then where we want everyone here at 10 and we're not going to eat until 5 p.m. 
Well, you know as a parent that that's going to be adjusting not only your child's nap potential nap time, but also things like what, when, and where they just ate. And you want to preemptively think about this, preemptively ask the questions with whomever you're having this holiday gathering with, what time do we plan to eat? And if it's something that has flexibility and you are able to, you know, adjust the timing of it and your family or your friends are willing to accommodate. So it is around a child's nap time. Of course, keeping your child's routine as normal as possible is going to help a lot because we're, we're controlling the environment as much as we can so that there's that many less unpredictable or new and unfamiliar aspects going into this holiday meal. But you also want to be looking at, do I need to feed them something substantial right before we go so that if we get there and there's an hour of kind of meet and greet and everyone's talking and cousins are playing and things like that, and then there's a delay until we eat, I know that they're not on the verge of melting down. Because while as parents, sometimes we can fall into this tendency of wanting to go to these gatherings with a big appetite, ready to you know, eat of all the different things. For kids, it can often be the opposite. And sometimes we can do a better service for them by making sure that they have some known preferred foods ahead of time so that they're less susceptible to low blood sugar or kind of being in that hangry state before the meal has even began, especially if the meal might be something that's not as preferable or familiar to them. So make sure that you're reinforcing their regular routine as much as possible, but you're also looking in advance at the schedule of the day and making sure to time meals and snacks appropriately around whatever that main event is. Third, we wanna think about arriving at the table. And this can seem really simple, and yet I think a lot of us can probably even remember back to when we were kids or remember with our own kids, how fun it can be to think about things like, who are you sitting with at the table? I know with my own kids and their cousins, it is a big deal where they get to sit. And while it might be a fun way to engage your kids in the holiday meal, to have them help make place settings and to put that out in advance, again, this is just mitigating one potential meltdown before the food has even come out. So helping your kids think through, these are the people that were going to be there. This is how we might be sitting. You might be sitting next to your favorite cousin. You might be sitting next to me, your least favorite person at the party because you're so excited to see everyone else. But if we can help them think through their seating arrangements and where people might sit, who will be you know, helping your child if they need food cut or items passed to them, just kind of brainstorm through this and prepare your child in advance, but also begin thinking in advance for yourself of if my husband and I need to sit on each side of my child, particularly if it's a younger, smaller child who needs more assistance in eating, We want them to know that that's what the situation and the setup is going to be in advance so that they're not kicking and screaming when we're trying to put them in the high chair before the meal has even began. We can all see how that would elevate the stress in advance of the meal even beginning. This also helps you as the parent to kind of think through some of these things that other people on holidays may or may not be thinking of. If you have small kids who still sit in a high chair or a booster seat, or require certain, you know, more kid-friendly cups or cutlery and things like that, you want to make sure not only do you have it packed and ready if you're going to someone else's house, but you've thought through some of those things so that we're considering how we can make our child as set up and positioned properly at the table so that people, just as, you know, we mentioned clothing and we don't want them to be in clothing that you're going to be snapping at them for every time they may spill something on it. We also don't want to be, 
you know, putting our kids in a situation where they're sitting somewhere where they're not able to even stay seated because they're in a chair that's very uncomfortable for them or size-wise is just not an appropriate fit for them. So thinking about when you're arriving at the table, where they're going to sit, how they're going to be comfortably seated, who they're going to be seated by can be a really helpful way to prevent some of those problems that can commonly happen. As we continue to walk through this dress rehearsal scenario, we want to think about how food would be served. It might be really informal potluck, especially for really large family gatherings or friendsgivings or things like that. And you might be pre-plating your child. If this is really familiar with how you already do it at home, then walk through that process with your child and just reassure them how that's going to look. However, for some families, they're really the only time family style meals are happening can be at the holidays. So if elements are going to be passed around the table and there's this formality and fancy dishes and china and heavy, large dishes meant to feed a large group, we want to prepare our kids for this is how it goes. This is how we politely handle this. This is how I will appropriately help you because you may or may not be able to pass some of these serving dishes. How are you, How is your child going to feel when something passes in front of them that they don't tolerate visually or the smell of or things like that? We want to talk through how these foods will be served so that our child's ready and prepared. But we also want to make sure that we've practiced in advance. Is your child comfortable with a love it, like it, learning it approach? Are they reassured in advance that there will be something offered at this holiday gathering that they enjoy? That might be only the sight of fruit or the bread and butter and things like that. But we need to make sure that our child is reassured that there will be something that they enjoy. And that might be the item that we volunteer, that we are providing for this gathering being something that we know our child likes. But we want them to also understand that they might be getting a little bit of something on their plate that they're less familiar with. That's a less preferred food that is a learning it food and the etiquette around how we expect them to handle something like an unfamiliar green bean casserole on their plate. Even if we know they may not eat it, there's ways that we can adapt how we're presenting it and portioning it for them. We want our kids to be prepared with appropriate responses. And the best way to do that is practice this love it, like it, learning it approach at home in advance, just as we would a dress rehearsal before a dance recital. The fifth thing we want to think about is how long will our child be expected to stay seated? Is this one where there's a kid table and it's really informal and they're able to just kind of come and go as they please, which can also, while that's wonderful and can help in some ways, it can also be challenging because our kids are that much more prone to distraction and maybe that much less inclined to stay seated and to actually eat. And then that becomes more challenging for you as the parent to know when was the last true eating opportunity that they sat and had a sit down meal or snack and how to be, help them you know, self-regulate in that structure of the day. So whether they're at a kid's table or as a part of a larger family table and there's etiquette around however your family wants to handle it, is it that they need to stay seated until everyone's done eating? Is the expectation that we want you to stay seated for 10 minutes? How do you want them to do that? Because we need them to understand that in advance. So they're not being blindsided by us saying you need to sit until everyone's done and then when their grandpa takes 45 minutes to sit and eat and chat and have seconds and your child is really struggling at that point as many kids would that's just not an appropriate expectation for you to put on a child especially if that hasn't been practiced in advance so make sure that you've worked through the time dynamics that you um, you intend that they'll be sitting at the table so that you know that they are physically able to sit for that amount of time 
So the sixth thing I want you to think about here piggybacks on what I was saying with number five, with expecting, you know, how long they stay seated, that they sit in their seat, that they're not climbing up with other family members, things like that. But the sixth thing goes on to how are you responding and how is the conversation going while they're sitting at the table? Because as we will cover in an upcoming episode about how to respond to family members who may feed differently than you, you need to think about how you're going to protect that space that your child still is at the table, but may choose to not be eating. Last, what I want you to think about is your exit strategy. Because ideally, you know that your child is going to wonderfully walk off stage when the music ends and do as they're supposed to do. But we have all been in scenarios where we know we need to have an emergency exit strategy with our child, whether it's because our child's potty training and we need to help them get up from the table quickly to go use the restroom. And it's kind of this, you know, emergency approach, or we might see that our child just has hit that part of the day where they've behaved as best they can. And they're beginning to melt down right as the actual meal begins. And so doing something like thinking through your exit strategy as a family in advance. Is it you or your husband or a loving grandma who's going to remove themselves from the table with your child? Step in there and know exactly how you're going to excuse yourself, how you're going to be excusing your child, and what is the expectation in order to return to the table? Sometimes as parents, we know we miss out on the moments that we planned and prepared a lot for, like a holiday gathering, because our child is just not able to behave appropriately in that given environment. And so think through how you are going to handle that because then you will be that much less disappointed in what's going on and your expectations will be that much more in line with what's actually happening. So to wrap up, I want to just remind you of the seven strategies that you can use to help prevent some of these common holiday mealtime struggles. I want you to think about how you can first... Get, make sure that they're dressed and comfortable. Consider the environment and how they feel from a sensory perspective before they have even approached the table. Second, I want you to think about the timing of the meals and snacks that are going to be offered and how it aligns or doesn't with your child's regular routine so that you can help prepare them with naps and snacks accordingly for the day ahead. Third, Consider how you're going to arrive at the table. Where are people going to be sitting? Who will be sitting next to your child to support them in the eating process? Making sure your child has an expectation around that so there's not any disappointment before they've even taken a seat. Fourth, we want to think about the food being offered. Making sure that there is a preferred option always available and that your child is comfortable with the love it, like it, learning it approach and how to respond when some of those learning it foods are passed in front of them or put on their plate. Fifth, we want to think about the expectations for how long our child will be staying seated at the table and how we will help reinforce that. Sixth, we want to think about how are we going to respond when our child only sits there and eats bread and what kind of commentary are we going to have to protect our feeding approach and to protect our child in them doing what we have already done the dress rehearsal to empower them to feel comfortable and confident doing when it comes to self-regulation. And last, we want to think about our exit strategy. How is the planned exit from a meal look, but also what are we going to do in the case of a meltdown or a moment where we need to remove ourselves and our child from the table? Walking through these seven things in advance of your upcoming holiday gathering can make sure that you and your child and your family or friend group at large can all 
enjoy the holiday season and all the fun that comes with it as much as possible. Mm-hmm.